There's no take two. There's no just a little more purple. Warts and all, you've downloaded the VO Radio Show. Welcome to the VO Radio Show. My name's Andrew Peters. I'm a voiceover guy based in Melbourne, Australia. And I'm Robbo, based in Sydney, Australia. And I've been an audio engineer for 30-odd years, working for agencies and radio stations around the country. And stateside, we have... I'm Dan Hurst in Kansas City. And thank you, it's Kansas City, Missouri. Everybody thinks Kansas City is in Kansas. There is a Kansas City, Kansas, but we're very proud of the fact that it's Kansas City, Missouri. So, Not And I don't wear a hat Kansas and I don't anymore. have any cattle in my yard. Yet. <laughs> yeah. You say that. Good point. Once, once the ducks move out, the cattle coming in. I do have it. those damn geese that come around and, you know, for, off the lake. Man, what is it with Canada geese? They just, they just love to pester us Americans. Yeah, I, but they're very polite about it. They always say, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, dear. I'll tell you just quickly the joys of living in Australia. I was driving along the Pacific Highway here in Sydney, which is one of our major arterial roads, big six-lane road, and uh, I drove past a semi-trailer not really taking much notice of what was on the back of it, and all of a sudden there was this brown mud across my windscreen, and I looked up to see that I was passing a cattle carrier, and oh. some cow had decided to leave me a nice little message on my windshield at 120 kilometres an hour. <laughs> well, I, I, I've got a story for you because I live out of Melbourne, down on the coast, and uh, driving the kids to school the other day, three kangaroos were chasing a dog down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. There you go. We've, we've, sol- we've, solved- we've answered some questions for our American listeners this morning already. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, I have something similar to that. I was driving downtown the other day and saw three Democrats chasing a Republican. So there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Ah, classic. Today we're going to actually start tearing through a few scripts. Is that, is that what we have planned? Yeah, I think so. We were going to, uh, we were going to do a bit of a uh, coaching session. Is that what we had in mind, Dan? I think so. You know, the idea, you know, we all do things differently. I was fascinated in our last show uh, to learn that you guys don't do auditions, or at least you don't do them very often. So no, if a client listens, the they, listen, yeah. they basically decide to go with you off of your demo. Here in America, it's very different. Yep. We almost audition for we audition for almost everything, mm. and so you, you know, learning to interpret your copy is critical, even in the audition stage. Now, when you get into a, a session, oftentimes you're there with the director or the agency, you know, a producer, and you'll get some direction there. But even before you get there, at least in America, you have to make some very wise decisions about how you interpret that copy. And the reason it's so important is because there might be a hundred people auditioning for the same project, maybe more. And the client or the producer or the agency or whomever is is reviewing these and, and choosing and narrowing down the talents, they're listening to the same thing over and over and over again. And there is a tendency for us in the voiceover business in particular to begin sort of copying each other's styles. Mm. And so we'll look at something, we'll look at copy and we'll think, well, this is how this copy is supposed to be read. And we do that based on the way we think everybody reads it. The fact of the matter is that after a client has listened to something 50 times done the same way, you're probably not going to get the job if you're doing it the same way. Mm. And if you bring something to the table that's a little different, that has a little different twist to the whole thing, their ears are going to perk up. And they're going to go, oh, wow, now this is different. I have a casting agent friend who tells me they want the voice talents to just play with a copy. 
And if they get something that even with the specs, even though they've read the specs, nine times out of 10, what will get you listened to is what you do that's very different from everybody else. Now, when you're in a session itself, obviously that's critical also because the client has been working with the script for a long, long time, months sometimes. And so you have to bring something, you have to really reach down deep and find something, words, phrases, uh, alliterations, uh, what, you know, what's going on here? What is that creative writer thinking when they write this? And how do you bring that to life in a way that satisfies the client, but even takes it a step further where the client goes, oh my God, I didn't even see that in that copy. And you brought it to life. And uh, nine times out of 10, they'll remember you and say, hey, you know what? Let's try him again. So yeah. that's it's interesting. Uh, that go, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say um, it's interesting that we here in Australia, we don't necessarily audition because I have an American agent, I get auditions sent through. I'm always concerned that I'm not going to get it right because I'm so used to being directed. So what I've been doing is actually getting a friend, in fact, a guy that Robbo knows, Tim Simons. Uh, if I've got like an important one, I'll just get Tim online and get him to direct me because I find it very difficult to direct myself. But the, the interesting thing about you guys, because you audition all the time, is that you're so honed in that skill that you, you, know, you have to learn how to interpret a script because if you don't, you don't get the gig. Right. But we can turn up and have a script put in front of us and then have someone direct us through it, which is a luxury, and we're lucky. But don't you find that sometimes the client isn't even completely sure what they want to do? Yeah, I was going to say that True. too. And yeah. so you have my, to bring yeah, something. Experience. Yeah, you have to bring something to the table that is even beyond what they were expecting. I had a session today for a museum, and uh, the copy, as you can imagine, for a museum can be very stiff. And and uh, uh, it's just basically we have this museum, and why don't you come see our museum? And we got really cool things in our museum, but we're not going to tell you what they are. We want you to come see them. Yeah. And so it was important that I bring that script to life. Because museums are really pretty cool when you think about it. I mean, you yeah. on the outside, there's just this big old cold building. But there's something inside that's magical about a, about a museum. I mean, there's so much history. Yeah. There's so much story. There's And every item has a story. And if you can bring that to the copy, then uh, all of a sudden the copy takes on a life of its own. Well, it started off with very historical music, music from uh, 1930s, 1940s. So that required one style of read. And all of a sudden there was a turn and the music shifted gears and became a little brighter and a little happier. So, And so that required a whole different voice. But the client had just heard the same voice through the whole thing. And so to bring that to the table that this is a one voice, and I went back to a 1930s announcer type voice for the first part, and then shifted gears a little bit for the second part, where it was a little bit more contemporary, and the client loved that and had not even considered that to start with. So sometimes what it does is it really cements what they really want, and they'll use a little bit of it or all of it or none of it, but then they really come together and say, oh, now I know what I really want. And so we. Here's a question. How often would you read a radio commercial to the music bed? Would that be a regular thing for you? I always, if they've got music, I always ask, you know, do you have the music with you? Because I want to get the feeling music is a whole lot more easy to, to uh, use to interpret a piece of copy. Mm. Uh, because I sometimes yeah. I look at a piece of copy and I think, this is kind of stiff. And then I hear the music and suddenly the music's very quirky. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, this copy is really kind of cool with this music. It's very quirky. Mm. Yeah, I think sometimes it's important to have that, to know what the music is. Because it's my experience here 
and I, and you might back me up on this AP or you might tell, shoot me down in flames, but it's my experience here that especially in agency guys, music is almost an afterthought with radio. Really? Music, it, it, they'll, they'll record the voice first and, and, and then the voice dictates a feel and the problem they wind up with is that it's not the feel that then suits the type of music that they want to put it to. So I, I don't know whether that's your experience, AP, but and it's not always the case, but a lot of the times it's the case where they'll go, ah, oh, yeah, that music doesn't really work now, does it? Well, a lot of the stuff that I do, particularly for radio, I just do a cold read. Mm. I, I very rarely hear the music unless... Um, it's for a specific, it could be a musical or some kind of music act or something. And mm. then, of course, you're going to hear it. But, you know, the only time I ever work to any sort of soundtrack usually is with uh, a TV commercial. Yeah. See, and I'd, then you're working to pictures. So. Yeah. See, I'd be interesting to make a comparison here, Dan, because in my experience, in my days of work in recording studios with agencies where, you know, um, clients and art directors and writers came in, if they booked a TV spot, they would book the session to start at, say, 2 o'clock, and then they would book the voice for 2.30, quarter to 3. So they had time to load everything up. But if on a, on a radio spot, they'd book the studio for 2 o'clock and they'd book the voiceover for quarter past 2. No music, no nothing, no, no anything else. The, the voiceover talent walks in, oh, g'day, I'm the voice talent. Yeah, hi, this is such and such, such and such. Right, here's the script, here's what we're thinking, jump in the booth, away you go. No sort of thought to the production. Whereas with TV, <laughs> you know, they've been in an edit suite for months, as you say, deciding on a piece of music, deciding on, you know, making all these editing decisions. Whereas with radio here, it's more of an afterthought. Yeah, I, yeah. Think, that's, I think that's true here too. Uh, radio does seem to be oftentimes uh, an afterthought. The, uh, but the issue with radio is I find that radio is, is a greater challenge because it's theater of the mind. That's right. And so you have, yeah. to, you have to come to radio with what, what image is this going to draw on a on a listener. Um, now, one of the things that we're going to do today, as we go through these scripts, some of these are radio and some of them are TV. Sh- should we get into one now? Would you Would you like to do that now? Yeah, let's have a go. In a world, in a world where only the best voice will do, realtimecasting.com. Well, I guess what yeah. we should explain is that um, Dan has kindly been through and, and and selected a whole handful of different scripts. So uh, so Dan and Andrew are going to. Uh, present them in their own style and then we're going to sit down and have a bit of a critique is isn't that right dan is that yeah. what you had in mind yeah i'm going to do something you're going to tell me i suck that's basically what it is <laughs> <laughs> so. i don't think so yeah, and, I'm, and i'm the yeah. one sitting pretty because i don't have to read anything i just yeah. have to throw all yeah, the and, shit and the engineer <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly the engineer who is your friend and you should always treat the engineer <laughs> as your friend uh, suddenly yeah. turns into a monster, you know, and, and just like, wow, what, what what was that? You know, <laughs> yeah, you got you, you have to tame that monster. Too many cups so, of coffee uh, this morning. Yeah, exactly. So where are we going to start? Who's going to go first? Let, let, let me know, start I'll... with one that's. Let me start because we were talking about radio, and mm. how radio has yep. to create an image. Uh, I've got a spot in front of me for uh, a real estate company here in the United States called Coldwell Banker. Okay. And uh, I'm gonna let me read the copy. And then I'm going to tell you what I see in the copy, and I'm going to reread it with that interpretation. And then, uh, then why don't you come back and pick it apart? Okay, why don't we okay. do that? Cool. That's it. Okay. So here's here's the copy. This is I'm assuming this is a 60 second spot. Here's the copy, and I'm I'm going to read it without inflection. I'm going to read it just as flat as I can. This is a magical place. Pictures pictures can't exactly express it. Words can't quite describe it. It is at once a refuge, a temple, an institution, and a sanctuary. This is a place where remarkable things happen, like childhood, friendship, family, and the day-to-day wonders of life. 
This is a place that honors tradition and welcomes all kinds of new ideas. This is a place that contains everything you love and everything that loves you. And someday, long from now, you may decide to leave it. But rest assured, this is a place that will never leave you. This is a magical place. This is home. Coldwell Banker, where home begins. Now, what I'm realizing is that there's a little bit of a mystery in what's going on here. Remember, this is radio. There are no pictures here. So when I say this is a magical place, you have no idea what I'm talking about. And so when I start talking about pictures can't exactly express it, words can't describe it, well, that's true. Pictures can't express it because they're not doing it. It's radio. Words can't quite describe it. So what that saying is tells, tells the listener is I'm telling you about it, but even the words aren't enough. And so I have to start using words that create images in your mind, words like childhood, friendship, family, uh, I, you know, things that happen in, a, in, a, in, in your mind based on your experience. And then I come down, I started off with this is a magical place, and then I end with this idea, this is a magical place, and then I finally tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this is home. And then the slogan, Coldwell Banker, where home begins. So let me take that, that whole idea, and give you um, a read with an interpretation on that. And we're not going to worry about time on this. When I get, you know, this is a 60, it may go longer than that. It's all about interpretation at this point. Yeah, Totally. This is a magical place. Pictures can't exactly express it. Words can't quite describe it. It is at once a refuge, a temple, an institution, and a sanctuary. This is a place where remarkable things happen, like childhood, friendship, family, and the day-to-day wonders of life. This is a place that honors tradition and welcomes all kinds of new ideas. This is a place that contains everything you love and everything that loves you. And someday, long from now, you may decide to leave it. But rest assured, this is a place that will never leave you. This is a magical place. This is home. Coldwell Banker, where home begins. So as radio, the idea is to create word images or thoughts that take you back personally to some experience, good experience, hopefully, that you had. There could Mm -hmm. be television with this, and each one of these ideas, each one of these lines could be an image of some sort, something that's happening in the house, children playing, uh, you know, people sitting around at a table doing homework or a husband and wife just having a quiet dinner, all of that stuff. But it isn't that. It's just radio at this point. So, um, you guys, what did you, what did you think? How would you have done it differently? What would you, what would you recommend? I'm going to pick up on what you just said just quickly. We don't have the pictures because it's radio. But it's our job, me as a director, you as a voice talent, it's our job to create those pictures in that person's head. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So coming from that angle, as a starting point for read one on a script, I think you nailed it. For me, and, and interestingly, I'd be interested to get your take on this, in that script when I didn't hear it the first time you read it through flat but I heard it and it occurred to me as you were reading it then, it's where you pause and how you pause that gives that script some impact. Yeah, And I'm wondering in your head, firstly, did you know that? 
And secondly, if you did, how did you make those decisions? Well, one of the biggest mistakes that voice talents make is that we, in, when in copy, there are power words, and power words are where our eyes kind of focus, and we make a, we have a tendency to to emphasize power words. Well, for me, one that sticks out for me was the way you treated. You may decide to leave. Yeah. Okay. So there's okay. So there's one. Uh, for uh, and someday long from now, you may decide to leave it. Mm. Uh, if you're just reading that, and, and voice talents will do this and make a big mistake, and they'll do this, they'll go, and someday, long from now, you may decide to leave it. Those are emphasizing all the wrong words. It's not my job to create emotion. It's my job to read the words or to, to display the words in such a way that the words create the emotion in the listener's mind. And the way that you, you get them to that point where they start creating emotion is with pauses. So instead of saying, and someday, long from now, you may decide to leave it. Uh, just simply just tell them the story with some pauses and give them time to reflect. So more like, and someday, long from now, you may decide to leave it. See, if I was directing you, and, and, and this may be a, an Australian-American thing, the difference here, but if I was directing you as an Australian voice talent, I would ask you to emphasize the may a little more. And someday you may decide to leave it. You know what I mean? Like, so you put that question in their head. So it's sort of like you may or you may not. So, so I would say something leaning. like, you, you would want me to say something like, and someday, long from now, you may decide to leave it. Something, something like that. Something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, we could sit here and, and we could do that to the rest of the script. But I think the point we've made here. Pause has a lot to do with how you deliver a script. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that the first place that agency people will go or scriptwriters will go is they say, well, can we just shorten up those pauses if they're trying to get it into time? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's not necessarily the first place to go. Sometimes it may be necessary to actually take a word out or two. I think it's also very important that, uh, and I have a real problem with this, I tend to elongate words. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know why that is. It, it generally is because um, we're not real sure what we want to do. Um, mm -hmm. For example, this is a place that honors tradition. It would be real easy to say something like, this is a place that honors tradition. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. why would you elongate it? And then it? it's false. Yeah. 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 Interestingly, be, though, interestingly, though, Dan, you've got two separate fields there in terms of emotion. Uh, are you talking about honors and tradition or what? Yeah, just the way you, the way you did it, the, you, the way you just did that comparison then, there's actually two different fields. Like oh, I see what you're one saying. Is, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and really this, this copywriter, I thought this is brilliant. I, I love the words that are chosen for this because yeah. this is a place that honors. I mean, what a great word, you know, to, to, mm. to say that the, a home is basically a framework for tradition. I never yeah. thought of it that way yeah. before. But it really is that. Yeah. And so to, to show that some love and say, this is a place that honors tradition. The, mm. the, the idea is that you're, you've got traditions in your family that are different from everybody else's. And mm. this place, this home, honors that tradition. And uh, that makes this place pretty special. You know, and yeah. I, you know I look at my, my old homes, the homes I grew up in, and I think of the, the family traditions. And I, I don't think of necessarily the houses with great love and appreciation, but of what happened within those walls that, that make it so special. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's important, Dan. I think that's the second thing to take away from this, from what that, that script is. 
from both my point of view as a as a director audio engineer point of view and from a voiceover's point of view the first thing you've got to do when you pick up a script is what's the emotion that they want me to get out of this yeah yeah um then that and that in itself gives you a place to start in how you should approach it right I, I ask two questions often with, with, when I'm in a session or going into a session. I, I, if I'm not real clear what it is that they want, I ask them, what are you hearing in your head that you want me to say? That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is I ask them, what do you want the listener to talk about when this is over? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I don't ask them what they want the listener to feel because they want the listener to feel what they feel. Mm-hmm. I ask them what they want the yeah. listener to talk about. That's a great question. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, should we uh, turn the spotlight on to AP now? The VO Radio Show is produced in the studios of Voodoo Sound. Radio. TV. Sound design. Find it all at voodoo-sound.com. So what am I going to read? I don't know. Uh, what any, are you going to read? Any suggestions? Well, I like the BMW is... one. I, I kind of like that because it's a bit of an opposite to what... Um, to what Dan just read, this one's a bit more of a retail thing, but it's got a touch of prestige to it. Oh, it's, it's got some great prestige. Brand. Yeah, it's, so a, it's a very well-written it. spot. Uh, we obviously want a bit of a retail feel. We want a bit of a hurry in because this is a sale, but we also need to make sure that we keep a better prestige in mind. Yeah. So okay. maybe just read it flat first, AP, and then um, and then and then okay. same as um. Yep, same as Dan. Dan. Here we go. Joy, that's who we answer to. Joy is why we built this company. Our designers and engineers don't just build things out of sheet metal. They answer to a higher calling. The answer to joy. Joy is timeless. Joy is youthful. It is mysterious and universal. Joy has a faithful fan club. On six continents, it is our inspiration and it is unstoppable. We realised a long time ago that what you make people feel is just as important as what you make. And at BMW, we don't just make cars, we make joy. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Okay, so that's the, uh, that's the script. Let's see how you interpret it, AP. Okay. Joy, that's who we answer to. Joy is why we built this company. Our designers and engineers don't just build things out of sheet metal. They answer to a higher calling. They answer to joy. Joy is timeless, joy is youthful. It is mysterious and universal. Joy has a faithful fan club on six continents. And it's our inspiration. And it's unstoppable. We realised a long time ago that what you make people feel is just as important as what you make. And at BMW, we don't just make cars. We make joy. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Again, it's that, it's that similar feel to, um, to what Dan uh, had. It's interesting though because I, I don't know whether I got that. I don't think I got that quite right. You know what? I'd love to I was hear sort you of do playing on the joy thing and. Uh, yeah, but, go you know what? What I'd love. Well, obviously, joy is such a key word for the whole thing. What I'd love yeah. to hear you do is I'd love to hear you read it again, but this time, it's it's not what I'm saying. But if you read it that way, it will completely change your attitude. What if joy was a person? Okay. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, yeah. Ah, okay. So, right, let's try it as joy. So if you read it that way as if joy was a person, it completely changes that concept of joy. Joy is this, uh, let's say that she's a woman. Let's, let's personalize the concept of joy and see, see, what, see what you do with it then. 
Okay. It may end up the same, but uh, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> Could be. Hire oh, this man, pony. folks. He's very good. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to get that pony another trick. Anyway, here we go. Joy. That's who we answer to. Joy is why we built this company. Our designers and engineers don't just build things out of sheet metal. They answer to a higher calling. They answer to joy. Joy is timeless. Joy is youthful. It is mysterious and universal. Joy has a faithful fan club on six continents. It is our inspiration and it's unstoppable. We realised a long time ago that what you make people feel is just as important as what you make. And at BMW, we don't just make cars, we make joy. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. I noticed, uh, you, pick, I noticed you picked up the, uh, the energy on that. That was, that was yes. kind of interesting. Yeah. Was that because you were talking to a person or what? Or talking about a person or what? I don't know. Just that I, I didn't even think about it really. But when I thought of joy being a person, that's kind of where I went. I don't know why I did that. I just Interestingly, kind of... it makes the script more joyful in itself. Yeah. Um, you know, it takes it from a, um, a sentimental look back to a, a sort of um, celebration of joy, I guess, if you want to sort of draw some analogies. Um, yep. Yeah. That was the first place I went when I heard the, the, the different way you read it then. Don't know if you felt that, Dan. Yeah, I, it, it was interesting. I had not considered the idea of greater energy. And when you did that, I thought, well, that's, that's kind of interesting because, you know, I could see, you know, the whole idea, it, it's, it's kind of a, you, you want to look at just the words and not think about the images. And the truth of the matter is when you're talking about BMW, you're talking about a car roaring down the highway and, you know, maybe coming flying, you know, flying by the camera and, um, you yeah. know, close-ups of the, of the grill and, you know, just stuff like that. And the graphics themselves have a certain amount of energy. And by picking up the energy of the read, it tended, all of a sudden I thought, you know, that actually kind of goes more with what the graphics might be. Mm. If you yeah. if you uh, if you put yourself in my seat, Dan, if you put yourself in a, a producer slash director's seat, which which direction do you think you would push on with if we were in a proper session right now? God, that, you know that's such a great question because I, you know I I didn't take it that way. You know when I when I saw that script, you know I became I became a little bit more um, emotional, a little bit more um, thoughtful, like hey, you know, joy. That's why we build these things. It's just joy, you know. Yeah. And and so, but this is a whole different approach. It's a whole. You, you came in a whole different door, and uh, yeah. And so it was. That was that was really really interesting. So if I was a producer, or I was the client, I was thinking, oh, I was. I didn't think of it that way. That might have been the very thing that that got you the job. Yeah. See, yeah. interestingly, if we were in a session. Because I, I never thought of it that way either until I until I heard AP read it. But interestingly, if I was in a session, I would be suggesting that to the to the writer or producer or whatever. Okay, let's continue with the way you heard it, but let's come back to that and let's just explore that. Because oh, so I, you what the second or the first? The first. Sorry. So the first. Say the first one because I think the first one that you did the same as Dan. I think that's the way anyone would normally take that script down that yeah. sentimental sort of softly, softly approach. Yeah. But having heard you do that, as an audio engineer is sitting in a studio where someone's paying me for my opinion as well as their own, 
I would make the suggestion that, okay, let's go down your softly, softly route and get down exactly what you want. But let's not ignore that. Let's come back to that and just explore that route a bit. Probably 80% of the time they'll stick with what they wanted. But that 20% of the time, that's what stands me out as someone who knows a bit about what they're talking about because they'll walk away going, I've thought of it that way, yet this spot has just come to life and is completely different to what I thought. I think this goes back to the last chat we had in the last episode where I wouldn't be um, insulted to hear from you guys on the other side of the glass, hey, now we've got down your one. I've just got this one in my head that I reckon might be something different. Yeah, I, I've found that clients love that when, you know, a lot, it obviously it depends on the time, you know, how long they've been in a session. Of course. But, uh, but yep. in, some, in many cases, if I've got something in the back of my head that they haven't approached at all, and we've got some time and I just and I'll say, hey, would you mind if I just gave it a shot with something else I've got in my head here? Mm. And mm. a lot of the times they go, well, yeah, it's amazing how many times they will actually go with that because yeah. it's very different from yeah. what they've been thinking. And it's it all of a sudden it pops for them. So, yeah. So it's interesting, Dan, because AP's actually brought us back to what you talked about at the beginning of the show with auditioning is giving them something completely different that makes them stop in their tracks and go, wow, actually, we should put that aside as Let's have another listen to that later. It might be one of the top five or top six that we audition. Yeah, that's Just absolutely that true. And 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 one of the yeah. one of the great tricks that you can you can do to do that sort of thing is to re- remember that everything you do when you're doing a commercial, you are answering somebody's question. And just like 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 that one, Andrew. I mean, your first line is an answer to somebody's question. Why do you guys mm, do this yeah. sort of thing? Joy. Mm. It's the very reason we do what we do, joy. So if you if yeah. you start off, I mean, you can edit this out. I mean, that's you know, it's real easy to do. But if you're just talking about it, so you really want to know why we do this sort of thing, joy. It's why we do what we do, you know. Mm. And then you edit it so that it starts with that word joy. All of a sudden, it's got a whole different attitude. But it started with that idea that you were. What's the question? You're asking this question. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell. I'm going to give you the answer to this question. The voice for the voices. This is the VO Radio Show. So, what have we got for Dan? Um, you know what? It's it's the holidays here. I've got a spot for yep. uh, for uh, for Santa. Okay. Oh, lovely. Let's go. So, I'm going to skip, read you the copy and the specs. Uh, and this is obviously this is um, Coca-Cola Radio. Um, and we hear some Christmas music tinkling in the background, and we hear a mom shoo her kids off to bed, sleepy goodnights are said, and then the announcer kicks in and says, you could leave just about any beverage out for Santa Claus to wash down his snack, or you can pair that snack with a Coke, and my, what a snack that could turn into. A bologna sandwich becomes a beck and call for the big man in red himself. And then What? Maybe this. Maybe Santa is so satisfied and refreshed with your Coke-paired snack that he decides to move in with your family, just chuck the whole North Pole thing and move in. The kids would love it, but so would you because Santa grants wishes, especially for that nice Coke-serving person who thought of him. And even if this doesn't happen, what a pleasant thought to think on a Christmas Eve. There's the copy, and then here are the specs. Male professional-sounding but warm and human. A few quirky types thrown in would be great as well. The key to the read is the quickening of the pace in the second long paragraph, uh, the meat of the script. 
It starts out a little quicker than the first paragraph and gets faster as it goes, ramping up as the announcer piles on the possibilities. We're not looking, and they emphasize not, we're not looking for crazy fast, but excitable and a wide-eyed optimist, who knows what's possible sort of way. Throughout, the voice should always remain warm, clear, friendly, and I love this, and announcerly. <laughs> the, last, <laughs> the last paragraph should come off like, uh, I have no idea what this word is, uh, denouement, I have no idea what that is, a wrapping uh -huh. up of the optimism brought about by the Coke, uh, end on a positive note. So, uh, so let, me, let me take that 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 lead and that uh, those instructions and uh, give you this. So we hear the Christmas music tickling in the background. We hear the mom shoo the kids off to bed, uh, some sleepy good nights, and the announcer kicks in. You could leave just about any beverage out for Santa Claus to wash down his snack. Or you could pair that snack with a Coke. And my, what a snack that could turn into. A bologna sandwich becomes a beck and call for the big man in red himself. And then what? Maybe this. Maybe Santa's so satisfied and refreshed with your Coke-paired snack that he decides to move in with your family. Just chuck the whole North Pole thing and move in. The kids would love it, and so would you, because Santa grants wishes, especially for that nice Coke-serving person who thought of him. And even if this doesn't happen, what a pleasant thought to think on a Christmas Eve. <laughs> I love See, it. That's, that's nice. Great. I love the way we go from the um, from the warm and fuzzy to the the almost childlike excitement of the possibilities of Santa moving in and all that sort of stuff, and then we go back to that nice warm and fuzzy feel to sort of leave it off. So, for me, I for me, you've nailed the brief. I think that's that's uh, that's almost a one take wonder. That one. The, yeah, the, and it's also, uh, the thing about it is it's like a, a kid's storybook. It's like reading a bedtime story to your kid. That, that's how that came across, mm. and it was the perfect delivery for that. Mm. And really, it was a bedtime story for the adult, you know. It yeah. Was, it was, yeah. It's, it's time for you to, to dream a little bit and suspend your, your, suspend your belief. and Disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, interestingly for me, Dan, and this comes back to something that we've talked about before um, in previous episodes and I think we actually spoke about it last in the last episode as well, is I think there's a couple of words that they've used in their um, description of what they're looking for that actually throw you off the track. That's if a good you point. Are a, if you were a first-time voiceover sitting down to submit an audition, I think there's a few words in their description there that would throw you. Like announcerly for me is nothing to do with what you just did. Mm -hmm. No, nothing at all. Yeah, um, you know that's the that's the big one that sticks out for me. For me, an announcer is the hand over the ear, old school, um, you know, big deep projected voice and and yeah. you know almost hard selly. And for me, that that's a word that I wouldn't use in a description if I was trying to describe to someone what I was looking for with that that read. Yeah, I think you have yeah. to be very careful because those kinds of words. I mean, I mean the. The instructions before that said male professional sounding but warm and human. Like a, like mm. that's a juxtaposition. You can't be male professional sounding and not be no. warm and human. <laughs> right. But male professional sounding but warm and human. A few mm. quirky types thrown in would be great as well. So now you know that what they're saying is we don't know what we want. Um, that's right. We want a male that's professional but we want warm and human but we want you to be quirky also. And then, like you said, those terms like um, voice should always remain warm, clear, friendly, and announcerly. 
Well, I'm sorry, but that's boring. What you if it's announcerly, then you're going you're you're starting off. You could just leave about any beverage out for Santa that's Claus right. to wash down his snack. You know, yeah, and exactly. And then all you do is you just pick up the energy and the pace, but there's no storytelling there. There's there's mm. nothing compelling about it as far as I'm concerned. Right. See, I think AP nailed it uh, in his first comment after you finished the script was it's almost a bedtime story. You're almost reading someone a bedtime story with that script. Yeah. Um, you know, it's quite very emotively written and uh, when you deliver it as a story, it works beautifully. In a world, In a world where only the best voice will do. Realtimecasting.com Your turn, Andrew. Okay. Well, I've found something without any direction whatsoever. Those are um, the best. This one is uh, narration <laughs> HDTV Victorian. Ah, okay. uh, And this is, uh, I, I think you mentioned this before we actually started recording, Dan, about um, Victorian houses when we were talking real estate, as you tend to do. And um, this is a, this is a TV, this is a narration for a TV show, correct? Uh, yeah, well, it says HGTV yeah. Victorian, so I'm assuming it's um, a, a short narration, like a vignette or something. Yeah, like a documentary or something. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, ge- I'm guessing. I don't know. I haven't really looked at it yet, so I'll have a quick r- run cold. Yeah, and have just, a dry um, run. Yep. Yeah, here we go. They're flashy, charming, even eclectic. Look closely and you'll see why Victorian homes are the heart of San Francisco style. For the Victorians who originally built these homes, if they were showy, they were in style. Not much has changed today. Their vibrant colours and elaborate details steal the limelight. Whether it's pink, purple, blue or yellow, there are at least three distinct colours that are painted in a scheme meant to draw attention. A bold bold body colour combined with light trim, dark window sashes and a bit of bling add eye-catching contrast. Nearly every decorative detail is purposely painted to pop and there are plenty of them worth showing off. Okay. They see your twist on it. It's not going to be that much different, I don't think. Here we go. They're flashy, charming, even eclectic. Look closely and you'll see why Victorian homes are the heart of San Francisco's style. For the Victorians who originally built these homes, if they were showy, they were in style. Not much has changed today. Their vibrant colours and elaborate details steal the limelight. Whether it's pink, purple, blue or yellow... There are at least three distinct colours that are painted in a scheme meant to draw attention. A bold body colour combined with light trim, dark window sashes and a bit of bling to add eye-catching contrast. Nearly every decorative detail is purposely painted to pop. And there are plenty of them to work and there are plenty of them worth showing off. Yeah. There we go. I, you know what? I loved everything that you did except the last line. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> because yeah, I think we're all on that one. But you know why? But it's 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 not because you know you stumbled, but because there are some. What is the word I'm looking for when you have these words that start with the same sound, the same letter? Um, what what was that line? I don't have the copy in front of me. Uh, so it goes the line before. I'll lead you in. It says nearly every decorative detail is purposely painted to. That was it. That was the line I was talking were, about. Yeah. And yeah, and so, there are plenty of them worth showing off. Yeah, and to me, yeah. that was more like a, um, it was almost like, yeah, you know what? This is amazing. Nearly every detail is purposefully whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. And there are... Yeah, you could have really worked on that. There yeah. are really a zillion of these to choose from, you know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
It was it's a little more incre- not so much incredulous as just amazed that yeah you see what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah. I I loved what you did with it. I yeah you know what I did notice you you said I don't know that I'm going to change it that much you know when, for your second read and what you did was you slowed it down. Yes. And uh, you gave yeah. it a little bit more room to breathe and yet you kept it moving. Mm. Yeah. See, for me, that, uh, am I right in saying that that's a narration for a TV show? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I, I would have taken some of the announcer out of it and made, a, made it a little more personal, a little more conversational. I, I, I might have taken it another way rather than it feeling a bit more like a voiceover voiceover. <clears throat> yes, and that's uh, something that, um, unfortunately, I need to work on. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, then let's work on okay. it right now, Andrew. Yeah. Sure. Let's, say, right. let's say you're giving a tour. Um, yeah. Okay. You're in one of those one of those uh, two story buses, and uh, yeah. you're actually giving this tour, and you're absolutely in love with this this part of town of San Francisco. Um, you love it because look at all of the streets and the the people, and look at these houses, and you're just in love with it. And you're actually yeah. showing them the houses, and you're actually motioning to the houses, like, all right, over here to your right, look at this, and over here to your... Now, notice these things about these houses. They have three basic colors. There's this, and this, and this, and you're just, you're telling the story, but, because you're so excited about it. So, give me a tour. I'm on the bus. Tell me about it. Okay, cool. All right, let's give it a whirl. And the wheels on the bus are going round and round, by the way. <laughs> just, like, just so we get that out of the way. Here we go. They're flashy, charming, even eclectic. Look closely and you'll see why Victorian homes are at the heart of San Francisco's style. For the Victorians who originally built these homes, if they were showy, they were in style. Not much has changed today. The vibrant colours and elaborate details steal the limelight. Whether it's pink, purple, blue or yellow, there are at least three distinct colours that are painted in a scheme meant to draw attention. A bold body colour combined with light trim, dark window sashes and a bit of bling to add eye-catching contrast. Nearly every decorative detail is purposely painted to pop and there are plenty of them worth showing off. That's closer. Uh, It's not perfect, but it's closer. Wouldn't you say, Dan? Yeah, absolutely. It's just... You picked a very tough one to read. Yeah. And because... It's one of those things where the pictures carry the whole thing. And in yeah. you as a narrator, you're trying to carry it. And that's yeah. that's a mistake we all make. We, we feel like it's our responsibility to carry something. And really, it's not your job at all to carry it. It's the on-screen stuff is what carries the story. And you're just yeah. describing what they're seeing. So... It's, it's very, very hard. I must admit, if if you are, because I was thinking, well, we talked about this last time. There are a couple of different types of voiceover people. There's the actor, and then the, the voice model, as we mm-hmm. talk, discussed before. Mm. And uh, I probably come into the latter. So when I get something where I've got to actually become a real person, sometimes I find that quite difficult. Yeah, yeah. When you do it, when or when when in that last read that you just did. I think if it's a something you could nail, it would be another string in your bow. It's yeah. interesting because it depends who you... Cause I did this for, which is the equivalent to the Oscars in Australia. It used to be called the AFIs and now it's the actors, I think. Mm. And it uh, would have been maybe five, six years ago, I was the voice of the AFIs. 
and I worked uh, with the guys at Flaggies in Melbourne. And because I was directed really well by uh, Steve O. Williams there and uh, Sheldon, who was uh, producing those vignettes for the AFIs. And we went through the whole stuff. And it was Tim Simons actually was involved in that. And uh, he said to me, it's the best stuff I ever did. But it was because I was really directed and it had that quality about being real as opposed to announcery. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Do you find that you really have to f- concentrate on not being announcery? I'm sure there are tricks, but yes, I do. Yeah. I think my biggest struggle when I made the transition from radio into voice work was to stop being a DJ because it it was real easy to get into that, you know, that mode where I'm really telling you the story, you know, and it wasn't that at all. You know, my wife said, my God, why do you sound like you're on the radio? And it was like, because I am on the radio, you know, (laughs) but but there's an element about DJs and and TV announcers, you know, TV presenters themselves. They have a rhythm yep. and, a, and a staccato and a style that um, advertisers and storytellers are not looking for. Yeah. Interestingly, Dan, we have a, a TV presenter over here in Australia, a guy called Scott Cam, who presents one of, if not the highest rating TV shows in the country. And, and what the show's about is irrelevant. But you've got to remember, this guy was a chippy. He was a builder. And he started on a, a backyard sort of program with a guy called Don Burke. And then he picked up his own TV show and it's now, as I said, one of the highest rating shows in the country. But the charm of this guy is the fact that he's not talking to me as a TV presenter and he doesn't dress as a TV presenter. In fact, he almost dresses as a chippy still, as a builder, and he talks to me as a person. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's one of the charms of this TV show and I have a funny feeling that it's also one of the reasons that it makes him one of the most popular presenters on the TV is that he could be my next-door neighbour. Yeah. He looks, yeah. sounds, everything like the bloke that lives over the fence from me. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's one of the charms that when you take that style, that personal style, and you turn it into a script, that's one of the things that makes it work because it could be anybody. But as soon as you turn on that announcery voice, all of a sudden I've got someone selling me something. But when I listen to Scott Cam, he's telling me something, like we're having a beer and a barbecue. Uh, you know what? You've nailed it. Yeah, that's and, a, yeah. and, and that's the trend right now, I think, in, in uh, not only for commercials but for narrations also. I hear it all the time uh, here in America is, you know, we, we want somebody – that sounds like they've never done a voiceover before. Mm. And um, yeah. they they want that unrefined, that uh, it's almost a character. Uh, mm. And you have to be very careful that you don't overdo it, but that's what that's it what is. That's what I was going to say. Interestingly, though, there is still a skill to that. Yeah. You can't just grab someone off the street and say, read this. Oh, my gosh, you, you'd be in the studio. Skill to yeah. <laughs> you'd be yeah. in the studio yeah, exactly. forever. The VO Radio Show is produced in the studios of Voodoo Sound. Radio. <laughs> TV. Sound design. Find it all at voodoo-sound.com. You know, along that line, here's here's one that I've got in front of me. This is for, uh, for I know this is your favorite, uh, J&B. Um, scotch. <laughs> yeah, go for it. And um, and and so um, let me just let me read the copy, and then we'll come back and and uh, read the specs and and uh, do something with it. Here's the copy. Sure. They said it was the wrong color. They said it was too bright, too loud. They said it was too complex. They said it should never be mixed, that it was too different, that it wouldn't fit in. They said it would never make it. They said to make a great whiskey, you had to stick to the rules. But did it listen to what they said? Nah. 
J&B, made different since 1749. Now, here are the specs. This is right along with what we've been talking about in the last few minutes. We're looking for a voice that feels like it has lived life, a voice that speaks with integrity, is believable, and like J&B, has walked its own path and lived a different life, a voice rich in character. Um, it can have a bit of an accent. It's wide open. I suppose we're looking for something a little off-center, not the expected, not the smooth, hey, I'm a voiceover, voiceover. Uh, so someone a little unrefined, rough around the edges, a real character. That is quite a challenge, uh, yes. I think, for a voice talent. Yeah. Be because yeah. the very thing we work at is being refined and polished and, you know, to deliver, you know, with, with integrity and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So when something like this throws me over, there, say the other thing that I'd point out there is what's refined for me may not be refined to you. Well, yeah. Some of those, some of those words are very personal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm going to take this to, to an extreme and see what you think. Let's, let's try this. They said it was the wrong color. They said it was too bright, too loud. They said it was too complex. They said it should never be mixed, that it was too different. It, it would never fit in. They said it would never make it. They said to make a great whiskey, you had to stick to the rules. But did it listen to what they said? Nah. J&B, made different since 1749. See, nice. That's See, a that's whole me, that, different character, though. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. There's no announcer in there. Well, there's an announcer in there, but there's an announcer sort of turning himself into someone over the fence, as we just talked about. I agree. Yeah. It would be interesting to hear what the client said about that character. Um, yeah. You know, because uh, I suspect that they're not thinking that character. I suspect they're no. thinking more of a, they said it was the wrong color. They said it was too bright, too loud. Mm. They said mm. it was too complex. They said it should never be mixed. You see, and to me, that's just not strong enough of a character. That's right. I think that little bit of character that you threw into your into the tone of your voice, into your read in, in, in what you just did, turns the whole thing around into something that's got a lot of personality. Whereas if I you would did have, a straight yeah. read, there's no personality there at all. To me personally, the, the first read, you, you know, the Santa kind of read you did, the storyteller, I would have actually done the first lead up to the tag basically as a really slow, almost monotone, delivery of a storyteller character. Let me give that a shot. Let's see what you let me see if this okay. what how this works. They said it was the wrong color. They said it was too bright, too loud. They said it was too complex. They said it should never be mixed. That it was too different, that it wouldn't fit in. They said it would never make it. They said to make a great whiskey, you had to stick to the rules. But did it listen to what they said? Nah. J&B, made different since 1749. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah, and I'd probably even, the other thing I was going to say, with, with the two different to this, pull the, if you pull back on the twos. When you say pull back, you mean a little more, almost like I'm speaking under, this. talking to myself? Almost oh, okay. like, yeah, almost like in your, in your head. Yeah. Okay. Let's try that then. They said it was the wrong color. 
They said it was too bright, too loud. They said it was too complex. They said it should never be mixed, that it was too different, that it wouldn't fit in. They said it would never make it. They said to make it a great whiskey, you had to stick to the rules. But did it listen to what they said? Nah. J&B, made different since 1749. I like that. Do you? See, for me, it has its charm, but as something listenable, as something that's actually going to make me peek my ears and listen to the message, I would still go back to the first one. Okay. Again, it's uh, it's all personal. I mean, you could twist, you can twist it any way you want. Um, I guess, really. I mean, you could do it as a hard sell, really, too. Yeah, and, and part of the thing is we don't even know what the what the on screen looks like at this point. That's that, right. That would make a big, big difference on this. I'd be curious to f- get feedback from anyone listening as to which one they prefer. Mm. I mean, I like the last one because I like that kind of when you, it's in your head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're thinking the stuff. You know, you're sitting there at your desk going, yeah, it's funny, you know, when we kick this thing off, they, they all said it was never going to happen. You know, it was the product was rubbish. It was the wrong colour and stuff. And then look at us now, you know, who was wrong? You know, Curious. Who would have thought? Mm. Yeah. Well, I think we've shown here that, uh, you know, necessarily picking up the script and reading the first thing that comes into your mind is... Um, is maybe not always the best option if you're going to be in an audition situation, right? I think that's kind of the point of what we're trying to get at here. I think it's so important to... You know, there was another... Just coming back to what we just did, almost every line starts with the word they. Mm. And you could do this one as they said it was the wrong color. They said it was too bright, too loud. Mm. They said it was Mm. too complex. They said, Mm. you know, you can make it about they... Uh, the problem with that yeah. is after a while it's like, oh, my God, how many times is he going to do this? True, but it also yeah. changes. It also enforces the message, though, if you're thinking about it. Doing it that way enforces the message that this is a whiskey that breaks all the rules. Yes, and that's a very good point. You know point. what I mean? Yeah, that's a, I think that's an excellent point. It did break all the rules, obviously. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, so, that's you know, it, what make um, to my point being that along with what you were saying, you there are words that you have to pick out that that you find uh, express the concept, uh, the imagery, the feeling, the attitude, all of those. What are those words? As you focus on those words, then you figure out a way to interpret that in a way that I would say 95% of other voice talents never do. Voice talents tend to yep. look at something as a as a package, and they deliver the package instead of delivering the thought. And every line is a separate thought, so you have to focus in on what is this thought, what what word does it hinge on, and not sell the word, but sell the thought. Well, mm-hmm. it's been an interesting show. I think we've uh, hopefully we've started a bit of thought in a few people's heads. Hopefully haven't killed my career. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, uh, I think that was worth doing, guys. Thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. I hope you guys have the absolute best of the holidays. Indeed, you too. Do they celebrate the holidays there? Christmas, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We still say happy Christmas. That's right, indeed. Oh, well, yeah. See, we're, we're, we're far more concerned about not offending somebody so we say happy holidays 
We don't say yeah, Merry yeah. Christmas because yeah. it might offend somebody. I, I heard a great line the other day. Um, in fact, he was an American guy that I, we spoke to on another podcast that I do, a guy called Tate Fletcher who's, uh, look, he's, he's now a Hollywood stuntman but he started his career as a um, cage fighter. And one of the lines he used was, life's hard, get a helmet. <laughs> and it, yeah. actually, it actually now is a little, I've made a little post-it note sign and stuck it on the side of the speaker here in front of me because I just thought it was such a great line. Life's hard, get a helmet. Yeah, you know? deal with yeah. it. <laughs> deal with it, just yes. get on with it, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. so maybe on that note we should, uh, we should get out because I think that's something that people should ponder. <laughs> okay, well, I'll put my helmet on and say Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Happy holidays. The VO Radio Show is produced in the studios of Voodoo Sound. To polish your next audio production, check us out at voodoo-sound.com. Find professional voices simply all in one place. Realtimecasting.com, including me.